Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Derek. I'm part of the team here at Celebration Church. And so if I haven't met you now, this is your opportunity. Hi, we can have a full conversation up here. It's fine. Um, how's everyone doing today? Can I just get a thumbs up, thumbs down, sideways? Okay, I got, I got, I got like 14 of you. It's cool. Um, but today, today's going to look a little different today. We want to have a conversation. We want to have a conversation around around Legacy Sunday and, and what that looks like, what that means in and through our house. If you are new or visiting, um, this is a time that just to uh, kick back, kick the tires, see what we're about. If you're like, this is super weird. Why are they talking about money on church? Like classic. It's probably one of the number one stressors in our life at times is money. And if it can't be talked about in the church, or you're going to hear it from somewhere else. And so we're going to be really open and honest and vulnerable today. And I think today's going to bless some people. Amen. Amen. I'm excited because um, I like to change things up. I just leaned over to Derek. I was like, hey, how about every time that Roger's gone, we do a panel. And he was like, you know, that does get tiresome. I'm like, oh, I like it. I like conversation. I like to ask hard questions. And I think it's fun. I think it's good for us to know some deep-rooted heart things. You know, it's good. All right. So we're going to welcome our guests up. We have two people in the room that are going to be talking with us, and that is the Hartmans. Yes, you guys can clap. Applause, applause, applause. This is Steve and Beck. That's right. Look at our youth group. This is what honor looks like. Good job. What in this world? Um, so I just want to say a few things about them. This is Becky and then her husband, Steve. And um, they've been coming to Celebration for about four years, right? <gasps> and a half. Um, we met them. Um, it was really crazy. We're actually related. Um, but we met them about five years ago. And um, we stayed at their lovely house in Puyallup. I was going to say Pollywop. <laughs> I was going to say Pollywop. Um, that's just a funny nickname that people give it. I don't know why. Um, and uh, when we met them, we just felt very honored to know people that just want to pass down information to the next gen, right? Not only that, they've been doing Legacy Sunday for years and years and years and years and years. And so what's happening, it's fine, <laughs> in years, yeah. Um, and so as soon as we got in their presence, they just began to um, unload and be very genuine and be very, um, like, transparent. And who loves transparent? Yeah, that's, that's probably why you're here. We're a very transparent <laughs> people. There's nothing about us that's fake, um, except for sometimes I wear false eyelashes, but whatever. Um, yeah, and then they bother me, and I rip them out as soon as church is over. Um, <laughs> I'm not a very good person about that. Anyways, um, 
So I just want to say welcome. And um, not only that, let's remember that they are elders. And elders in a church, that looks different. It may, it may be different in your world, but in a church, this is what it looks like. It looks like they are saying, hey, this is what we've walked through. This is how it looked. Here's good tools. And they're going to give you some tools today. And I want to say open your tool belt and make sure that, did I just get turned down? Sorry. It just really was very dramatic. I was like, oh, my voice is quiet. <laughs> um, but it is, just open your tool belt. They'll give you the proper tools. And then just open your heart. Today is very different. Um, we love them and respect them. And we're so honored that you guys get to talk to us. You guys ready? Amazing. I'm not sure if you said this, Kim. And, and Steve, you also serve on our, our board of trustees, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, so Steve serves on our board. Um, and so he's, he's well equipped to talk around this topic. And Obeki is a part of that as well in the sense of it's, it's, it's definitely a two-person two thing. And so, so I appreciate that. And so as we start, as we start, you might not, not everyone knows you guys in here. So it'd be great just to share a little bit about your journey um, just your life, you know, you just kids and kind of where you guys are at, and then specifically around your financial journey. So sure. So um, Becky and I got married in 1976. <laughs> yes, what was I, 21 and she was 19? Wow. Wow. Yes, we were babies. Wait, there are young people in here, so I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity. Were you saved? When you got married. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Just throwing it Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Just throwing it out there. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, I had just gotten out of the, I just, I was in the army and I just gotten out of, we'd met maybe a year before that. And uh, so, but she was this beautiful girl standing up on the platform. She was a soloist up there. And uh, yeah. So that's how we started life out. <laughs> Just maybe too much info, but <laughs> any anyhow, um, of course, when you uh, anybody that's been newly married knows you don't have everything in common, but uh, one thing we did have in common was our love for the church, and uh, so for us, we wanted to set out a legacy in our family of that, and and giving was a piece of that. So what does it look like if you live a life of generosity? We're going to give you three big words today to put in your vocabulary for the next couple of years. I don't know how long you ever want to use this, but one of them is generosity. And what would that look like if we were to ask you to tell us a story or tell us what generosity would look like for you guys? What does that look like to live it out? Generosity is a heart thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a heart setting. Um, we started out determined that we were gonna live a life of generosity, not really knowing what that meant since we had absolutely no money, but we had hearts for the, for the church. And I had been raised in the church and it was my world and my parents were pastors. So to me, it, it meant being dedicated and committed to building more um, legacy. So I have a little object lesson of what it means to live generously. So if I, I have a dollar, and if I want to give this dollar to Kim, I kind of need the dollar. I kind of don't want to give it, but I know I need to give it. So, okay, I guess you can have it. That's one attitude. Um, another attitude that we 
learned through the years. We, we were at a large church in Washington for years, and they've done legacy offering for decades, literally. They taught the concept of living with an open palm, and we just have lived this for literally decades. We've been married for 46 years, um, and it changed our lives. Thank you. <laughs> um, so now I have the dollar, but I have it in an open palm. So if I give it to Kim, I say, absolutely, you can have my dollar. And then look at my hand. It's open. So I can now receive also. So you can receive if you live with an open palm as well as being a giver. So we determined a long time ago that we were going to live with an open palm. See a need, we'll meet it. We'll try our best to do what we can to meet that need. And we know that in return, God is faithful. He blesses back. And maybe it's not always a financial, I don't get a check in the mail the next day, but what if I get a healing or um, my kid comes to know the Lord or um, something, we get a, a really good job or a raise or something. We don't know what the blessing's going to be like, but we know that God is faithful, always faithful. So we live with an open palm to give and to receive. Steve, anything to add on that one? She nailed it. She nailed it. <laughs> I'm also going to try to enunciate a little more because I think I was told that it's hard to hear me. I'm, anyways, that was. I know. I hope you can't hear me. I'm sitting next to you guys. Um, anyways, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it me? <laughs> so sorry. Um, oh, what? What oh, it is me? I'm so sorry. It is me. I, that was my bad. That was my bad. So what is what does sacrifice mean to you guys? It's a it's a, a word that's commonly thrown around. Not, like, in church life, it can be thrown around a little bit more, but in the world, it's not often. So what does sacrifice look like, and what does it mean to live a sacrificial life? Guess I'm up. Um, sacrifice, is, for me, is doing something that's difficult. Or it's either difficult, or it's something that you, you're so passionate about that you're willing to give something up for that. Um, whether it's, I mean, for some reason, I, I think of just a young man that has wanted this car desperately and, and wants, wants to get this car so bad, and he's going to just do whatever he does. He's going to work whatever he's got hours he's going to work. He's going he's gonna to say, you know, do whatever you got to do to get that car. And, and that's a sacrifice for him. And I think that's the same in the kingdom. We, if it's important to you, then you're going you're gonna to do whatever it takes. You're going to sacrifice whatever it takes to make sure that, that, that you get that thing or that happens. Yeah, and where your treasure is is where your heart is. Where your heart is is where your treasure is, and where your treasure is is where your heart is. So it's a heart issue, and sometimes sacrifice hurts a little bit. So you, um, you can make a decision to do something that's easy, and it doesn't really cost you that much it doesn't make a ripple in your lifestyle it doesn't it doesn't even like do a little blip in your wallet or whatever but a sacrificial giving is doing something that you know is going to make an impact and it might be a stretch for you but it's an investment that makes you feel like wow i really now know where my heart is i'm invested yeah. in building this place that i call church call my church call my home then it becomes yours, and it becomes part of your investment and your legacy. 
I love that. Um, can you give us a story of when maybe you and Steve gave sacrificially? Yeah, this is her. So I told you when we were first married, we didn't have a whole lot of money. And uh, our, I don't remember what the event was at our church, but they were, they, there was a, they needed funds for something. And we were young and broke. And uh, sorry, I'm wandering a little bit here for some reason today. Um, we decided we wanted to give something. We didn't have any money. We were newlyweds. And we just decided that we wanted to give 50 bucks. 50 bucks doesn't sound like a lot of money, but for that 50 bucks to us was, might as well, might as well have been a million dollars for us. But we decided together to give that 50 bucks, and that was very sacrificial for us. And I think it just set us on a path of understanding what that felt like. Yeah. We had, um, he got out of the Army, we had $400, he bought tires, and we paid for a wedding. And so he was going to school. I mean, I mean, it, 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 50, $50 was just massive amount of money. Our Christmas budget was $30 for all of our relatives and everything. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm a black belt shopper, so that helps. <laughs> but um, bargain hunter. But that did set us on a course of when we see a need in the house of the Lord, we're going we're gonna to do our part. And it's always come back to us in spades. It's always come back to us with, you know, looking back over the years, how faithful and constant God has been in our lives in every area, including our finances. We were, of course, we're ramping up to Legacy Sunday. That's what this is all about. And we use the word legacy intentionally, not like just a throwaway word or something like that, but we actually want to build a legacy, something that is going to outlast us and go to our kids, grandkids, and further on. And so for you both, what, what, does, what does building a legacy look like? Um, for me, hopefully I won't need the tissues this time, but my, just from my own life, my grandma was born in 1886 and she heard a street evangelist on a street corner in Twin Falls, Idaho, and gave her heart to the Lord. Here I go. And, um, she had eight children six um, lived to be adults. One of them was my mother and five uncles. Um, four uncles became preachers and they went on to have several children that all became ministers. We've counted, I don't know, over 24. Um, and my mom was also an evangelist and she went to Alaska to be a missionary by herself. And then she came down and met my dad in Bible school and then they had four children. I'm number three. Um, and so my first memory is riding a trike around in a sanctuary in Juneau, Alaska, because you couldn't play outside. It was too cold. So the sanctuary was my playground. And then um, we went to Peru, and we were missionaries. My dad built churches out of straw mats for walls, and then they became wood, and then they became brick, and who are still standing today, these churches. And <clears throat> then we came home, and I got married at 19, met him in church, in church. Where did I meet him? 
Yes. And then we had three kids, and all three of my kids met their spouses in church. Every single one. And I now have eight grandchildren that all love God. Our oldest grandson has left the nest, and he's by himself in the Air Force in Wichita Falls, Texas. And what is the first thing he did was found a church that he goes to by himself every Sunday because he's, it's ingrained in him that he needs to be in the house of the Lord. So when you are sitting out here, some of you have kids in Sunday school. Some of you are grandparents that used to have kids in Sunday school, and now your parents, your kids are parents of kids in Sunday school. Someday your kids will be sitting out here, and they'll be the parents of kids in Sunday school, and will be gone. And this new generation, this building will still be here, still being a house of refuge, still being a place where people can find God, where people can find community, where people can find healing. And that is what matters. It's not the amount of money we give. It's not that even God needs our money, but it's the heart of people who want to build and invest and be belong, sense of belonging to what this house does. And there's churches all over the place. We're a huge piece of this corner, but it matters. And that's, that's the legacy. That's what I hold so dear is my grandchildren don't know my grandma that was born in 1886, but they're part of her. They're part of her legacy and their children will be too. I think it's so amazing. I, you can't help but cry when you think about generational legacy. And if you're generation number one today, start it now. You nailed it right there. If I know we, we talked about this in the last service where depending on where you find yourself in that generational line, I know myself, I'm not, I don't have a huge, deep, deep legacy of, you know, preachers or people, my grandmother and my mom, but my dad's side is, you know, was not great. Right. In and out of prison, drugs, alcohol, that was what was inherited to my brother for a long time, but God is so faithful because I know for me it changed something changed there. I'll, I'll share it. Like I shared the last service was, was nice and I think it, it landed well, but um, I know for myself, I, I was asked, Pastor Roger's amazing and he loves to lift people up and he asked me to speak back in our summer series on fruit of the spirit. I had the great privilege of speaking on self-control. Yay. <laughs> and, and so I spoke on self-control and as a good Bible college student, I'm like, I'm going to go Grab a commentary from his office because there are people much smarter than me that have much better words to say that I can steal. And so to make me sound super smart. No, <laughs> but but more more studied. And so I wanna I wanna be faithful to the text and I wanna be faithful to this house and, and be prepared. So I go in Pastor Roger's office and I grab a commentary. And the front of the commentary, bought in nineteen ninety-eight for twenty-eight dollars, just this one. Um, it's from the library of Pastor Roger Keller. And I sat there and I read it a couple times because Pastor Roger had no idea, but this was my original pastor. I was born in California and, and my uncle, it was his dad, this was his collection of commentaries. Wow. And somehow they ended up in Pastor Roger's office and we've been tracking it down of how that happened. But they ended up there through, through some family stuff and, and that really, it spoke to me for a second. That's legacy. He, he never would have known that what the investment he made in this little kid running through the halls, setting off the church alarm and getting in trouble, 
would, would be here. He had no idea of what my family legacy was like. And just a small impact that now all these years later, met Jesus, Bible college, the whole nine yards, that I'm able to be a first-generation legacy builder yes. for my future kids and my yes. future marriage and everything going forward. And so that's, that's really inspiring for me. Yeah, so thank you guys. I heard that. I don't know if y'all did, but he's going to get married. That's what I heard out of the whole thing. Um, I just feel like um, I want to speak on the word legacy real quick because I will take advantage of the youth being up in here. Um, and I said that very slow, up in here. Um, um, so the that space over there is wide open. It's empty. You can go in there and dream a lot of dreams in there and know that it's going to be fulfilled one day. And I, I believe next year, by this time, we yeah. will be over there. I yeah, believe in absolutely. faith that we will be over there. Um, we already have the ball rolling forward with a few things like the blue room and, and things like that just to offer safe sanctuary for our, um, our police force here locally. Um, but I want to say right now we have about 56 young people showing up every Wednesday night. We feed them with pizza. We hype them up with soda. We, they hype them up with soda, so don't come after me. <laughs> um, and uh, we provide a safe, um, a spiritual, and sometimes a hospital-like feeling for them. Um, they, the majority of them are not saved. Um, they don't even know how to sit in a church service. They, they don't know what... Like, they're literally coming from neighborhoods around here. Right. How we build a legacy is we open that up and we say, come. Yeah. Come one, come all. Come sit by me. I'm going to journey with you on this. Um, because they could be first generation of something that is so powerful. If you saw where they're coming from, you're going to know that they need Jesus Christ in yeah. their household, in their life. They need to stop that cursed feeling that they have that, you know what, this is just how my parents live. This is how my dad is. How many of you know that we are so over hearing about dad issues and we just need right. a bunch of boys to raise up and be a right. father already? <laughs> right. So here's the deal. How we do legacy around here is we think of those kids. We think of, you know what, they're going to be next door, and they're going to be winning their whole entire family. That will be sitting next to them. Their whole family will sit next to them. Uh, we've watched it happen, and it, I promise you, your faith is going to go out the roof. You think that you have grown all you can in Christ? Nay, nay. <laughs> you watch a student bring their family to God? Right. Oh, my word. Yeah. And you parent, youth, youth aren't parents yet? But you, you have the opportunity to parent some of these younger kids coming up. Yeah. Bronson and Karina are parents. Yeah. They're, they the ripple my effect the of what you're yeah. doing is going to leave a legacy yeah. that's going to be far beyond you. Yep. Every one of us is going to do that. Yeah. I love that. And, the, and our youth leaders. And you vo they volunteer every Wednesday. And the music is loud. It's pumping. And there's lots of kids. And we don't know where they are most of the time. But we're, we're doing better. Um, but they are, they're pouring into them. And then our student leaders. I see you. Right? Yeah. We're so excited. So just remember, it's much bigger than you. Much bigger. And remember that you want your neighbor, you want that one family member, think about them right now, you want that one family member 
to be sitting next to you and get saved. I promise it's the best feeling in the world to watch them grow in faith. And then what happens is it trickles down and it trickles down and it trickles down or over or to the side, whatever, however mm -hmm. that works. I, I just think just if you were here a handful, a handful of weeks ago, we did baptisms and we had, I think, six or seven youth spontaneously yeah. get baptized that would rarely come on a Sunday. But they were all here and they were like, I'm making a change. That's that's amazing. Like that's what it's all about right there. That that right there that fires me up and so anyways. Yeah. I love watching a grandpa get baptized. I don't know why. I'm like, "Oh, it's that that life has been changed. It took so long. Like so many years living outside of what God wants for and then they make a choice at a certain what? Ugh, okay. I might be a church girl. Um, okay, how do we figure out how much to give? If we're talking about legacy and giving and all this stuff, and I know we ran off a few people, unfortunately, because <laughs> they didn't know how fun we were yet. Um, but, like, how do we figure out how to give? So I can only speak for what Becky and I do. We, um, we just, for one, we get excited about it. That's where we start. And then we may chat about it a little bit, but not really anything specific. And then we kind of just maybe go our own separate ways for a little while and think about it. And then at some point, we come together and I'll throw out a number and she'll throw out a number and we'll find out how dang close we are. And sometimes we're dead on and sometimes we're way, way off. <laughs> and, and, some, and through all of that, we find the place that works for both of us. And then that's what we give. And we're excited when we give that money, whatever whatever that amount is, wherever we wherever we were at in life, we're excited about that. Anything to add on that? Uh, I was just going to say a little bit more about having when when we were raising our family, we had our kids involved in everything. There was musicals that the church would put on and dramas, and the kids' church became their world, and they learned how to give. At a young age, we taught them how to give out of a little bit of their allowance or whatever, so it became a lifestyle. And so I have a son now who pastors a church in Kansas City. I have another son who is involved in a son-in-law in Colorado that's involved in a sports ministry that's reaching the gospel around the world through sport. And then um, my son-in-law that lives here is in the medical field, and he's also a minister because it's such a he's able to share the love of God and, you know, witness to people who are in really dire physical situations. And I just want you all to know that you're all ministers. You don't have to be a preacher up here, but you're all ministers and you're all a light and salt in the world. And so any investment that you make in this place ripples effect from you. And that's, that's a big deal. I love that. I love that. With, with a room this size, we have people from all different walks of life and all different seasons and stages of life. And some of them might be having these thoughts. And so we, we have a couple of questions of just what a potential thought someone could have. And how would you speak to someone like this? If they said, you know, I gave last year. Why should I give again? I, I always say, did you buy groceries last month? Did you put gas in your tank last month? The need continues. There'll always be something that we can improve, build, give to, and um, 
of course, of course. It's a yearly thing. We've done it for really literally decades. And it's an exciting thing. Every single time we do, we look forward to this time of year every year. And um, you get to, you get to again this year. Amazing. What a, oh, you got some Steve on there? I was just going to say for me too, it goes back to what Becky talked about with the open palm. Yeah. Even for me, if you ask the question, why should I give again? means that you've been giving without having your hand open. You've been giving it reluctantly, or you've been, what if it's not getting spent right, or, you know, those kind of things. And believe me, we have Becky Kenny on the board here. Your money's getting spent right. <laughs> so, so think of it that way, that open palm. I've, I've been around where people waste money in churches. It happens. I mean, if you've been going to church for as long as we have, you see things that go wrong. But we don't, our open palm is that we're not giving that money to those. We're not giving our money to Kim and Roger or to Derek. We're giving our money to the kingdom. And we're entrusting somebody to, to do something with that money. And even if somebody misuses it, God knows that. He's going to, he sees our, he sees our open hand. What, what if I said the thought of someone else will take care of it? Someone else will do it. It doesn't have to be me. I say to that spirit, um, if everyone had that attitude, let somebody else take care of it, what would get accomplished in the world? Nothing. We all have to do our part, and that's what makes you feel like you are also an investor. So I just, I, I reject that, that I, somebody else is going to take care of it. No, we are. Where it's not about um, it's not about equal giving; it's about equal sacrifice. We're exactly. in it together. We want to move from a we want to move from a consumer mentality to an ownership mentality. I'm right. putting my hand yes. to something. Right. I'm willing to even if it's what we would say maybe a small amount, but it's not about the small amount. It's about the equal sacrifice. We all can sacrifice the same. Yes, and we all know about the yeah. widow who gave the two yep. mites, and it was everything she had, and her sacrifice was huge. And God noticed it, pointed out to his disciples, because there was other people probably giving way more, yeah. but it wasn't a sacrifice to them, yeah. they had plenty. She gave everything she had, and I know that she was blessed because of that, for sure. And like I said earlier, we're still talking about it. So talking like there's about definitely it. a generation yeah. there. What about, what about this one? Wouldn't this money be better spent somewhere else towards people in need? Uh, is there a greater need than a soul that needs Jesus? I just really feel like that is the most, everything we're doing here is an eternal purpose. Um, so I, I can't imagine that there'd be anything more important than, than supporting this rescue house for souls. And it's a rescue house for single parents. It's a healing house. It's a place where we find community. And I don't think there's anything more important than that. We do support other ministries. We support this and also your giving allows that to happen, so it becomes kind of a two thing. Um, we support a pregnancy center. We support a churches in Cuba. We support missionary aviation ministries. Yay! And they there's some missionaries over here that worked with that ministry a long time. You know what they do? They provide airplanes and pilots to fly into remote regions of the world to bring the gospel. And their headquarters is in here in Nampa, so we we support that. So, 
no, there is no greater place to give than to right here because it reaches out from here and it it's in the house. Amazing. What about this last one? I'm in a bad place financially. I don't have anything to give. <clears throat> We've all been there. We've certainly been there. We've been in places of plenty and places of super duper lack. Um, we just have adopted the idea that there's something you can do. It doesn't have to be a lot, but if everybody did their part, we're not asking anybody to foot the whole bill, but everybody does their part collectively, it becomes a lot. So if you have nothing, then come and celebrate with us, be part of the community, rejoice with us, be part of the party, and start preparing for next year. <laughs> but if you have a little teeny bit, then put it in. God will multiply it. He's good at that. I love it. This Just, is so good. Go there's ahead. Some, there's some, do some simple things. Some people collect cans all year long, you know, and they'll sell the aluminum and donate that. Or, you know, we always love it when the little kids come in with their the little coins they've collected all year long for that offering. Or There's something you can do. And if you really, really can't, that's okay. Be here and celebrate with us. You're still important to us, and we... We want you to celebrate what God is doing and what what sacrifices we're making. I love that. I love that you reiterate that. Like this is this is like here is so deeply. This is not a shame thing. This is not a guilt thing. This is people giving cheerfully. And and if you've never seen that, just come and be a part of it. And it I think it'll change your perspective. So good. This has been so good, huh? I don't know about you, but I like questions being answered, and we'll throw in all the hard ones. If you have a hard question, you guys can ask us. We don't, we don't mind. We are yeah. all human with human brains, so we think differently, right? Um, I just want to say, is there like a practical step that we can take? We're hearing this. This is stirring our heart, and maybe one of us has never, ever thought about giving like this or even heard it like this, like a heart posture thing. Um, what's our practical steps? I feel like number one is pray. I mean, examine your own heart and say, where, where, where am I at in my attitude toward money, my attitude toward giving, my attitude toward generosity? And start really saying, God, show me, examine my heart. Show, show me what I'm, where I'm at with my, my spirit of giving. And then ask him to lay a number on your heart or lay a, a a decision on your heart that you can start working toward and just start preparing start getting excited start preparing and say i think i can do this much and then start setting stuff aside sell something i don't know but just be practical about it once god drops that in your heart prepare yourself get excited so good we sat next to a guy this morning that works with my husband who um i don't want to cry again but just gave his heart to the Lord 30 days ago. <clears throat> He's being literally delivered from alcohol. He was literally dying. And um, he was sick as a dog. And he got, he said, I need help. And Stephen said, well, you're in the right place and you're associated with the right people. Um, and got him into detox. He came out and he came, said the prayer 30 days ago. It's been here every Sunday. He is so excited. He's getting baptized October 30th. That's what it's about. 
That's what it's about. Yeah, we had a, a sweet lady come up to us and poor thing, she's from California and uh, <laughs> so am I. As you can relate. So am I, I can relate. Um, but she she just kind of poured her heart out to me and Derek right afterwards and said, I, I too, I have the same story as Derek. And, and we're talking about real people, sure. real issues, real things. Like Roger and I's heartthrob is that this would be a hospital and we're all nurses. We're all bedside nurses, right? Cool. I know I'm really good at that and I will take care of you, but I need some help because this is 600 people that we weren't, we're, we're not supposed to minister to by ourselves. Right. Y'all have that gifting as well, and it looks totally different than ours. Um, right. Yeah. Good. Steve, if you can't give. I, I was just going to. Yeah. Sorry, not just backtrack a little bit. If you don't have something to give, pray, pray that God might give it to you. You might walk out to the mailbox and there's a check that you weren't expecting, or you know, who knows where money that happened. That's happened to us over the years where. We, we'll just get a check out of nowhere right before it's time to give when we didn't have anything. So be expectant. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that that even happened to me. This is, I just came, when, when I was in Bible college, my final semesters, my final two semesters, it was about $9,000 per semester. And I got, someone blessed it from me that I haven't talked to in a long, long, long time, just randomly. I was like, Lord, I'm gonna be faithful with what you've given me. I'm gonna work hard, steward my money well. But just God just showed up, like faithfully showed up time and time and time again. And he's so faithful. And word of caution, you're going to get a flat tire. Your washing machine's going to break down. You're going to get in the fender bender, something like that. If that happens, then you go, God, I know I am on the right track. I know that I'm doing something that is ticking the enemy off. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't want the unity. He doesn't want the generosity. So just know that if that happens, you're on the right track. You're doing something right. Amen. Any, any final words of wisdom that you'd want to leave with someone? Get excited. Get, Get excited. excited. That's Get great. Get excited about this. For me, this, Let's give them I, I started getting excited like the week after the last Liberty offering for the next one because I know what comes out of that. It just, I, I do. It's so exciting. He used the word liberty, but I think that's so appropriate. No, I think it's so appropriate. It is liberating. Yeah, it is. No, it's freedom. And it's a weird type of, I know, it looks weird. I know. And it's uncomfortable to do sacrificial stuff. Um, but you're going to have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Right on. All right, we're done. Right on. Can we, can we give the Hartmans a huge, a huge round of applause? Thank you guys so much. You're well loved in our house and we appreciate you guys so much. That's amazing. Thanks guys. Well, like, like I said, let's, um, if you guys would stand with me, that'd be great. I'd love it. And, and leg legacy offering is, is on the way. And I would just encourage you, we have the little flyers on the seats and it's not just, just, just cute stuff. It's, we want, we want you guys to pray about it. Get with the people you need to get with to make financial decisions and, and, and test God in this. He says it in Malachi, just, it's bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, test me in this, and watch, watch. I will, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will pour out abundance so much so that you can't contain it. And, and I know I've seen it in my own life, and we, we have testimony of that time and time again. And again, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. And let me, pr let me pray for all of us, and we'll continue here. God, we love you so very much. Jesus, we know 
that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Lord, that you are our provider, that you are the one that goes before us and goes behind us, Lord. Lord, that as we approach Legacy Sunday, God, this wouldn't be a posture of closed-handedness, but we would have a posture of open-handedness. Lord, what, what do you want to do? Test our hearts, God. If, if there's something in our hearts that is resistant to this, just, just poke that a little bit. Why? Why is this resistant, Lord? We want to serve your kingdom, Lord. You, you've come to establish your kingdom, and we believe that we can be a part of that through your spirit, that you've given us access to that, Lord. I pray for every single person in here. They wouldn't feel under any compulsion, God, but they would be cheerful in that. And if this is a new thing for them, Lord, that you would give them, just give them your peace, Lord. This is, it's not a, not a shame thing, God. We don't want that at any, any point, Lord, but that it would just be a peaceful thing that you'd walk them with. Walk them through that, Lord, as you said, where our, where our treasure is, where our heart's at. Lord, we, we just commit this whole entire time to you, God, that you would sacrificially do something incredible in this valley. In your name, amen. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.